Welcome to Ancient Roots Modern Paths, exploring Orisha and Ifa wisdom. This captivating podcast will take you on a transformative journey where ancient wisdom meets modern practice. I am your host, Ianifa Ekundayo Ekuntonisin. I'm a devoted student of the West African Yoruba spiritual tradition. Join me on a journey that blends ancient wisdom with modern practice. We'll delve into the sacred teachings that have guided generations for millennia. We'll uncover insights and practices to guide and shape your life path. Subscribe now and join our secret community as we unlock and apply the profound wisdom of Orisha and Ifa to everyday living. Eka Bo, welcome. Welcome to Ancient Roots Modern Paths. Very excited to have you here. I hope that wherever you are, you're enjoying your day, you're connecting to the things that matter to you most, that give you joy. So today's conversation um, may be a bit disruptive. Um, You may want to challenge what I share, which is cool. Um, And if you do, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Feel free to send an email. This also is a conversation that you may want to share with a friend, um, particularly women, uh, but also men. Um, But folks who've been struggling with this concept of witches, who are the witches? What are the witches? I know if you're, you know, spending any time on social media and you're researching things about Ifa and Orisha, you have probably come across information that talks about the witches or Iyami Oshirwanga. And you might conjure up, you know, terrible visions and images of evil and all of that. And I've encountered a lot of the same stuff that you have probably seen. And, you know, all of us have a different orientation to, uh, to some of these concepts. But today what I want to get into is I want to actually challenge and disrupt the idea of the witches. Um, and I'm going to do it in a way that I want us to be really reflective of. When, you know, when, we're, when we're learning Ifa and Orisha, and we're coming from different contexts. So if you maybe grew up in a Christian environment, uh, Christian ideology or Islam or Judaism or any of the other myriad of perspectives that one can come from, there's language that has formulated our ideas, our ideology, our belief systems. And, you know, the reality is, is that language informs our beliefs and it informs our vision, views, and ideas. And so this is where I want to start today. And it is the term witches. So in the, you know, again, if you're reading or you've been in an ELA or a community where there's been discussions about, you know, fearing the witches and the witches are going to get you and any, anything like that, that is fear-based. I want to invite you to consider a couple of things as you encounter this idea of the witches. And I'm going to start in language. So I always ask myself, well, which, where did that word come from? Okay, so that's where we're going to start today. Where did the word witch come from? And you might be surprised to learn that the word witch comes from 
an old English term. It was related to Wicca and uh, Wiche, which is the male and female practitioners of uh, of Wicca or or earth based tradition. But the word witch comes from English. It comes from Germanic languages. So it does not come from Yoruba. It does not come from a, from an indigenous West African uh, uh, term or terminologies. It comes from a distant land from West Africa. And that distant land had certain things going on with this idea of Wicca or witches. So just to first, let's first just sit in this idea that the word witch um, came about in maybe around the 19th century. So the 19th century was 800 AD. So if you think about the uh, Gregorian calendar that we're all under um, in the Western world, it's that calendar is 2,024 years, right? And it's based... In, and in many of our, you know, many of our, the way we see the world is based in that calendar. The way we experience the world is based in that calendar. So just imagine that 900, 800 years into that calendar, this idea of the word witch really began to um, be utilized. And it came out of Old English and Middle English. So it came out of European cultures. Okay. And then it began to evolve and become more potent and I'll say, more widely used in the 15th and 16th centuries. So the 15th and 16th centuries, again, is around the 1400s and 1500s. So I want you to sit for a second and maybe remember your high school uh, history classes. You know, what was going on in the 14th and 15th centuries? What was happening in, in Europe in specifically? What kinds of endeavors? So we know that, for example... There is this guy who's kind of famous for getting lost in his ships and bumping into the Western world. Um, and that person's name was Christopher Columbus. So that was around the 1400s, mid 1400s, right? And he brought certain ideologies um, to conquer um, the indigenous peoples living on in the Western hemisphere. So that along with other things were going on. But just to give you kind of like, like, let's place, you know, let's put some markers, what was going on in the history. But then let's start to think about the 15th and 16th centuries. There began to be this uptick really started in the late 1400s, um, where the, there was a Pope, um, Pope Innocent, the, I think it was Pope Innocent, the eighth, um, put out this whatever edict that really began to increase the number of witch trials. Again, these witch trials were happening in Europe. So this is the 1400s. So it's a little bit before there was a lot of um, a lot of uh, colonization. Colonization was really starting, coming out of Europe and going into the rest of the world. So colonization was starting right around this time. So we think about it, as colonization starts, the Pope issues this this um, this um, edict that then began to see the increase of witch trials. Now, let's put a pin in that. 
who were who was accused of being a witch or witches um we all know we all know that women were being accused of being witches now let's let's delve into this further why were women being accused of being witches well check this out so women were considered property or not even, I mean, women are, were considered property during, during these early, early times. And as we know that even today in 2024, there are many places around the world where women are considered property, even here in the diaspora, right? Women don't have a lot of rights in the U S women did not have the right to own property, uh, did not have the right to vote, um, until about a hundred, a little bit more than a hundred years ago now. So the purpose in one of the purpose in the Pope issuing this was to start to control and suppress women who were, you know, pushing back against some of the more constraining ideologies that were meant to control them. And if you are resisting or not believing what I'm saying, do your own research. Um, that's what I would say. Do do your own research. 1484, Pope Innocent VIII um, issued a, a, an edict, a mandate that then contributed to the increase of witch trials. Women were largely the target and focus. And so you ask yourself, well, why? Because women, we we have, we are connected to our emotionality in different ways, which also means that we are naturally uh, intuitive and our intuition is a guy, it's guidance. It gives, it's, it's important, right? We, we have intuition for a reason because it's important for us to be able to move in the world, to be able to, to, be able to help the world, to continue to evolve, to help our children, our families to evolve. And to also be that communicator between Orun, the invisible realm, um, ancestral realms, and here on Aie in the marketplace on earth. And so this effort to control this, this effort to manage it, to suppress it, began, was where the witch trials began to, to, to come from. And remember, this is happening in Europe, in European environments. So by the late 1600s, we're looking at more witch trials happening. And then you know here in the U.S., in 1692, 1693, the Salem witch trials. We all grew up with hearing about the Salem witch trials. There's even movies, scary movies about these witches and the witch trials and people being accused. And it was only women who were being burned and mutilated and tortured and other things. Again, ask yourselves why. It was to control this natural, these natural intuitive abilities that we had our ability to see things, our ability to know things, right? And if you're thinking about the expansion, the expansion of Catholicism um, and the conquering of people, women were pushing back against that. So the word witch became demonized. It became evil. It became a way to suppress and control women. So that was going on, you know, through the 1700s, the late 1700s. Now, so that's going on. And then what happens? 
then colonization starts in the midst of all of this. So in the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, we have missionaries who start to go out and colonize um, indigenous communities. So now I'm going to take this directly to West Africa. In West Africa, and I'm going to take it even narrower because that's what I am more familiar with, but I believe that this happened all across um, the West African countries or what became countries because they weren't originally countries, they were kingdoms. But in West Africa and then specifically to Yoruba, the Yoruba people, as one ethnic group in that region, the the Iami, the mothers, the great mothers as a body were women who were responsible for maintaining balance in communities. They were also very powerful and powerful in the sense of they made the kings. They had to, when a, when a, when a, usually a man was going to be um, considered or elevated to kingship, it was these women, this, this group of women, elders usually, who said that his character was acceptable to be able to lead or it was not. If they said it was not, he did not, he did not become a king. So now take that into, con- into, into consideration and then think about the colonization, the British who were, and I'm using specifically the British, the Portuguese were there, the French were there, but I'm specifically speaking of the British, both missionaries and then just the British establishment came into West Africa and began to figure out as happened all around the world in any indigenous community from Australia to New Zealand to the the first peoples here on the Western Hemisphere, the same playbook happened. Came into communities, identified who the leaders were, and then figured out how to manipulate them. What I'm very familiar with is here in uh, in the U.S., um, male leaders who, you know, were usually chiefs, had women and, and, you know, council of elders that helped them make decisions. Those groups were a compromised using alcohol, um, trinkets, uh, and then sometimes disease, but they were compromised. And then the, the way that the culture existed was neutralized. And when it was neutralized, what happened is words like witch, that is witchcraft, speaking about an indigenous practice, it was then undermined and neutralized. So going back to West Africa, the exact same things happened. The council of elders, the women who are responsible for the balance and the harmony, who are responsible for um, saying yes to the kings, people, men becoming kings or becoming rulers or having, having a level of power, there was always a balancing force on the other side of that. If that group of women said, no, the man did not become king or did not have whatever title or role that didn't happen. So the British came and saw this. And so if you go and research, the British then began as they gained more power and understanding over Ifa and Orisha and the indigenous, the way that the Yoruba indigenous communities operated, 
the British then began to systematically neutralize women and the women in these groups by calling them witches and then saying that they were evil and that they practiced witchcraft because the ultimate objective was to neutralize the influence and impact um, of those women because the British colonizers wanted to control and gain control over the, the kings and over the resources and over the land and over the, the, the ability to influence easily. And so I offer this and I'm, you know, I'm just a person who studies and reads and tries to put things together and draws on my own experience. But I, and so this idea of witches, I've been, I'd love to find out what the original word was for the women who, or women in general, who had the gift of intuition, the gift of communication with ancestors, the gift of the ability and gift to actually, you know, connect with nature and help utilize those energies for the betterment of humanity, because that's what it was in the beginning. If we go back even further, I've studied, um, I've studied, uh, the, the God, like goddess traditions, like, cause again, this is information that has been suppressed intentionally and controlled intentionally and, and silenced intentionally. But there are figures and figurines that go back 25, 30,000 years. And this is in Europe now that are of these very, they're feminine, um, like figures, carvings, what have you, that are very voluptuous have lots of curves, right? Well, this is when there was true mother earth celebrations and true divine feminine celebrations. And this again is an area that I'm continuing to learn about. So I'm not a, I'm, I'm just sharing the things that I've learned to spark your own exploration, your own understanding, your own curiosity. But 25, 30, 40, 50,000 years ago, there were traditions that honored, celebrated, and had the feminine, the divine feminine as the center point of spiritual and sacred practice. And over the centuries, there was systematic effort to undermine that, diminish it, um, obviously, and, you know, make it, make it less visible and then to intentionally control it, suppress it and neutralize it. And we got to ask ourselves why, what was going on, what was happening historically. If you look at historical events, you know, and look at women who maybe were watching the decimation of communities, you know, women, we are oriented towards the future because we are oriented towards, you know, mother, mothering at whatever form that looks like. So we're interested in the preservation of the planet. We're interested in the preservation of humanity. And so if there were efforts historical, and again, if you go back and you start looking at things that were happening in history, and then imagine the women that were starting to resist it, or the women that were, you know, had intuition to see that, have visions to see that there were things were not going, that were not going to be, you know, good. Imagine a woman like that saying something um, in a place where the masculine energies were 
hell bent, for lack of a better word, to um, acquire, um, separate, control, and um, and steal uh, land, people, what have you. And imagine that the only way to neutralize that energy would have been to label it as evil, demonic, and then to systematically then create fear, which is what the the witch trials, the burning of women at the stake. Like I can't even, I can't even fathom that drawing and quartering women and men. There were men who also had these same intuitive gifts, but I'm speaking, speaking specifically to women being called witches because you fast forward into the Yoruba Ifa Arisha context. There is, there is an effort still to undermine the power of women um, and as I think I shared at the start of this, uh, this is inspired really by a, a Facebook post that I read uh, earlier um, this week that spoke about this, that spoke about uh, someone who was a, 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 a person, and Babalao, who is writing a book that is essentially demonizing the Iyami once again. And, it's, and what comes from that is it's demonizing women. In my opinion, I have not seen the, I have not seen the text. I don't know, but it was, it was. It, I guess someone had read it and was making a comment about it. They did not name who the Babalao is, but it then went further into women needing to reclaim our power and our gifts, our intuition. Our intuition is desperately needed in the Orisha Ifa tradition. Our understanding the value that we have as, as embodiments of divine energy, like really understanding our value, our power from the standpoint of helping our, our land, helping our people, helping people, helping communities, um, not being depleted by it, understanding how incredibly important we are as women in uh, in this tradition, in the Ifa tradition, the Orisha tradition. In fact, the tradition cannot exist without us. It, it has to be a balance. This tradition is also a tradition of balance. Energy is always balancing itself, right? So if we have too much masculine energy, there has to be an equal uh, feminine rebalancing. And the only way that that can happen is if women begin to understand our own intuition, our own power, and to trust ourselves, trust ourselves, because that is, that is, a, a, that is something that has been diminished deeply through these conversations about being witches or practicing witchcraft. We are not. We are actually tapping into our innate spiritual gifts, gifts that come from Olodumari, gifts that come from our Ori, gifts that come from our ancestors, gifts that come from our lineages of maternal and paternal lines. Um, we all have it. <laughs> and we also all have Iyami energy. Many of us do, women especially. Um, and so it's important to reflect on the use of the word witch. I don't use it because I, it, I, I understand the negative connotation. I also understand that it was a word that was put on a tradition that is thousands and thousands and thousands of years older than the word itself. 
And so I invite you to think about what would be the way that you would reclaim this, this power, this spiritual power and energy. What would be the word that would encapsulate it, that removes it from this idea of it being demonic or evil or, you know, negative, any of the negative connotations? What is the word that you would use to start to really um, capture? Would it be just calling it divine feminine wisdom? Would it be calling it wisdom? What would the word be? Um, and whatever your word is, I'd love for you to share it. So I hope this was um, at least food for thought. Uh, I, I definitely want to, um, I might, might continue this, this reflection and conversation, but if you have feedback thoughts, please, um, send them to us. I'd love to hear. You can, uh, tap in also to our ifadestiny.com, which is our website. You can check out some of the things we have there. And if you feel inclined to want to explore our community more, um, you're more than welcome to, uh, we, we, we're interested in having folks who are interested in continuing to learn to become competent and confident in this Ifa Arisha tradition. So until I see you, hear you, listen, or can, can, can grace your ears, um, Odabo, have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on the Ancient Roots Modern Paths, exploring Orisha and Ifa Wisdom podcast. To learn more about this tradition, join our community at www.ifadestiny.com. Join us to explore and grow together on this spiritual journey. Please subscribe, like, share, and invite others to hear and participate in our podcast as we spread the wisdom of Orisha and Ifa across the globe.